Amen. Well, I've got a message. Ray is back there in the back. Roger's away for a little vacay, seeing his grand youngins up in Ohio. And uh, Ray Baker is uh, filling in, but he always, he's been doing that for years. So I'm fortunate to have Ray back there. Let's thank the Lord for Ray running everything back there on the screen this morning. Praise the Lord. Appreciate you. Amen. Thank you. Let's go to the message. Ray, go ahead and get us going. We're in a little series called 2020 Vision. 2020 Vision. And today, my message is about seeing trouble differently. Say that with me. Seeing trouble differently. One more, one more time. Seeing trouble differently. Now, if, you, uh, if you've not been here with me before, what we do is this. Now, normally it's just me up here. But today I've got a friend who's a, ten, who, who's a part of our ministry here, Bill Specht, and his sweet wife. And they've got a friend with them today as well from Celebrate Recovery. God bless you. But... Uh, but I wanted to just include a real man up here who's been through some real problems in his life and has chosen in his life, by the grace of God, to see trouble differently. Okay? And I'm not going to take the wind out of his sails or his story. But would you welcome right now, Bill Speck is in the house, right out of our church, with Celebrate Recovery. He's going to take, come on, praise the Lord, this is a big deal, baby. Come on! Look at this. Amen. you got seven to ten minutes. Go get them. Okay. Well, Gary doesn't know me really well because everybody that does knows they put a microphone in my hand and give me seven to ten minutes. It's uh, usually go a little... I'll do my best. Okay. First, I want to tell you a little bit about us. We've been here about uh, three years, almost three years ago. We bought a house here when we were on vacation. And... I had to go back home and sell our home. We're from Oregon. You'll hear that in a little bit. And I had to come back and get some bids on the house, get some work done. And I looked for a church to come to, and I went on the Internet, and I like non-denominational churches. I found this one. I listened to Gary preach, and I thought, I really like that. But when I drove into the parking lot, and I looked around, I looked at this, and I thought, man, God is doing something really good here. Then I came in, and I heard Gary say, Let's give thanks, we live in America! And the crowd went wild, and went, I'm home. Then, yeah, yeah. I'm from the West Coast, friends. You don't know how much that really was good for me. Well, anyway, then when he said this was all done debt-free, I went, yeah, God is really doing something here. So let's get to this message. So I'm here representing Celebrate Recovery. Now, you can see that is done at the Methodist Church, okay? But this is a community program. Not this, no, one church owns this, okay? What does Gary always say? This is our town, right? So this is our ministry. It's just done there. So here you go. This is how it works. We have a meal first from 6 to 6.45. Uh, 640, 6.45, thereabouts. Then what's called the large group. Everybody comes together. We have worship, just like here. We've got a great worship band. And then there's either a message, uh, a lesson on one of the 12 steps of AA, or there's somebody sharing their testimony. And I'm going to share a little brief testimony with you today. Then next we go to the, what's called the open share groups. And so that's where ladies go to theirs alone, the men go to theirs, where we can share with each other what's going on with our life. So that's how it works. So let's go to the next slide. 
Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Okay, so this is a ministry about hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So what is a hurt, habit, and hang-up? Anything that hinders your walk with God. Anybody here been hindered with their walk with God? Okay, that's all of us here. That's all of us here. So let's look at this. What is a hurt? The feeling, emotional reaction to another person's behavior or to a traumatic or disturbing situation. Abuse, abandonment, divorce, relationship problems, relational addictions, codependency, etc. It's a long list. Okay, let's look what's next. What is a habit? Addiction to someone or something. Alcohol, drugs, food, sex, gambling, stealing, smoking, pornography, etc. I want to talk a little bit about the pornography. That's something that's not talked about in the church, but I'm going to tell you, that's a big issue in the church. So this is a program. You can come get help with that. Next one, let's look at what is a hang-up. Negative mental attitudes that are used in an attempt to cope with people or adversity, anger, depression, resentment, etc. So there you go. Hurt, habit, and hang-up. This is a ministry for everybody. I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. It's not just for me. It's for all of you. Okay, so let's look what's next. Here's just some lists of things, again, of a hurt, habit, and hang-up. There is many many issues that people can come get help for. I'll tell you this, at least two-thirds of the people that come do not come for alcohol or drug addiction. They come for other issues. So I just want to make that point clear with you. Okay, what's next? Okay, only God can turn a message, a mess, into a message, a test into a testimony. A trial into a triumph. A victim into a victory. So are you ready? Are you ready to hear a mess turned into a message? This is me. I was a believer. I was born January 13, 1955 in Salem, Oregon. I was born into a Christian family. I believed from the beginning. There was never any doubt. This is me going to church camp. It's my friend Kim on the other side of me there. Less than a year after this picture was taken, he was killed in a car accident. First time I really faced death. But anyway, how many of you went to church camp when you were young? How many of you went? Are those great memories or what? I think I had a one-year romance, or I mean a one-week romance every, every Christian camp. Oh, it was great. It was great. Okay. Let's see. What's the next slide here? Oh, my. Look at that, will you? That's me on the right. Look at that hair. Woo! I wish I still had that, but I don't. But I grew up, like many of us here, in the hippie era, the hippie years, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I know many of you can relate to that. So I made a decision when I was a teen to choose that lifestyle. So I went away from my faith, I walked away from God, and I pursued that life of alcohol and drugs. First it was just drugs. But see, I, has a, I had a, 
I was a very shy kid, and I had a social anxiety disorder. It was difficult for me to be around other people. And then I tried alcohol. Alcohol made it easier for me to be around other people. From that first drink of alcohol, the very first drink, I was an addict. I was addicted to alcohol. I can see some people nodding their heads here. They know what I'm talking about. So alcohol became a way of my life. Things progressed. Every addict or alcoholic will tell you things don't stay the same. They get worse. This was a picture of my first marriage, which ended after about four years because I was an alcoholic. Okay, next screen. So after a heavy night of drinking in uh, January 31st, 1994, I got really, really sick, like I've never been sick before. I knew something was wrong. I couldn't drink anymore. It was that bad. So I went to the doctor. Eventually I got a diagnosis that I had hepatitis C. And because of the alcoholism, uh, my liver was failing. I was 39 years old. I was facing death. I got the hepatitis C from intravenous drug use. I was a period of time in my 20s I was a heroin addict. So at 39 I was faced with the fact I was dying. This is Oregon Health Sciences University. I was sent there and got into their liver clinic program. They test you to see if you're a viable candidate. That's three solid days up there of tests. The third day was a really nice day, and I began to go for a walk in between appointments. And I began to think, if this is to come to pass, am I worthy of this? I did this to myself. And then I thought, if it is to happen, there must be something I can do to pay back society. This feeling came over my entire body, a feeling I can't explain. But I began to feel a little bit of optimism. Okay. Obviously, I'm a lucky man. March 13, 1995, I had a liver transplant that saved my life. Someone chose to be a donor, I'll never know, that saved my life. Now I knew I had to be different. Next slide. I knew things had to be different. Okay? And I knew I wanted that faith back in my childhood. So we started going to church. We went to Morning Star Church in Salem, Oregon. That's the best picture I could find of it, by the way, on the Internet. So you, you get to see the front. But anyway, it was a good church, just like this church. And my faith began to grow as that relationship with Jesus developed. But at first I felt so unworthy. I felt, I'm not like these people. These are really good, righteous people. I'm a recovering addict and alcoholic. But after a while, I began to learn they're no different than me. They just have other issues and other problems. And as my faith grew, I knew there had to be more. Next slide, please. Okay, back to celebrate recovery. Anyway, I knew my life had to be different. So the first thing I did is uh, I changed jobs and I became a drug and alcohol counselor to help people like me. 
But you see, I had prayed forever. Lord, I will go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I thought, you know, maybe that meant Idaho or, you know, someplace close by. Never did I believe what God had in store for me. So the next thing I did is I talked to our pastor there and I said, Hey, I would like to start a recovery program in this church. And he got really excited because his, his brother was a heroin addict. And he's told me about this program called Celebrate Recovery. And two years later, we started the program and I became the ministry leader of that program. That's still going over 12 years. That became the largest ministry in that church. So, so when we moved here, then uh, we, were, we just finally got moved here and we went to the Pioneer Days Parade. And this Methodist church had a group of people in the parade and they were handing out little brochures and they handed me out one and said, they're starting Celebrate Recovery in September. And I thought, okay, well, thank you, Lord. I don't have to start a new one. So I went <laughs> and got involved with that and, and I'm still involved with that. So I want to invite you to come try it. Okay, we got a great worship band. It's a great time. We have a great fellowship together. But above all, we love each other. We support each other. We help each other. So I will leave you with this last thing. So if God can use a former heroin addict and alcoholic like me, just think what he can do with you. Thank you. I love you, man. You're just a good fellow. I love you, man. You're a blessing. You're a blessing. I'm proud of you, man. You're a blessing. What a good man. A good man. Kind. Gentle. And I'm so honored that he is in our ministry here at Fellowship Church in our church. And this is our town. Say that with me. This is it's our town. And so I love us being down here in Rotunda. I live in a, I can throw a baseball and hit the Methodist church. I won't do it, you know, because I'm a nice fellow. But anyway, I live that close to it. So, but you think of us down here and it over yonder in the middle of town, that sort of sandwiches pretty nicely, doesn't it? And we don't need to have this program here. What we want to do is make it stronger. They have about 25 or so. That's going to celebrate recovery. You know there's a whole lot more people that can use some encouragement than that. Amen? So, yeah, come on. Praise the Lord, guys. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. So, we want you to feel like you can do this. You can go there on Thursday night. You'll see a familiar face, Bill. And, sweetie, tell me your name again. Kathy Arts. And uh, so you're generally there? Yep. She's one of the leaders. She'll be back here at a table. You can find out information. You could go Thursday. You could go Thursday. How hard is this? And you can go and be a, be a blessing and get blessed. And you can at least try it out and see if that's something for you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've gotten to know Bill. I've gotten to know him. Sat in my office many times. And uh, I can tell you stories of, of things that he's done. He goes around the world, mission trips and things like that. He's a good man. And I have absolute confidence. Nobody's perfect, okay? But I have total confidence in him. And I think you'd do well there. You hear me or not? So if you've got some issues, some struggles, some hurts, some habits, some hang-ups, who don't? But you feel like, man, I'd like to have a little help. I'd like to have a little encouragement. 
Maybe you've lost a loved one and you're really struggling. Well, it's hard. It's what it's called. It's rough. Well, you could go and maybe that would be a blessing to you. So why not try it? Amen? Y'all hear me or not? And uh, anyway, we appreciate you, buddy. Let's go with the message real quick. I've got about 15, 20 minutes. I know it's hard to believe, isn't it? Here we go. Seeing trouble differently. Now, we're going to preach God's Word. Let's go, Ray Ray. Now, I can't, I, you can't be laying, laying back there now, brother. We go. What do, you see when, what do you see when trouble comes your way? The natural man, the Bible says, that's a man who's not a believer, doesn't have the Spirit of God living in him. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. But they're foolishness unto him. Like it's crazy. How can a drug addict, a heroin addict, do anything for God? Now that would be typical. That would be the typical way to look at it. I, I'm no good. I'm nobody. I shouldn't be getting this liver transplant. I'm unworthy. I'm no good. I don't matter. I don't have any value. See, that's the natural man. That's all of us. That's how we generally think. The Bible says... But wait a minute, he can't receive the, the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually discerned or understood. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the what? Sit with me. The, the mind of Christ. Because of Jesus, I'm saved. Because of Jesus, my sins are forgiven. You don't get a blank check to just be a lunatic. I understand that. And you're going to have consequences. But you didn't earn your way to heaven. You can't earn your way to heaven. It's by the blood of Jesus, God's Son, that we're saved. And so, listen, if He forgives you, you're forgiven. Amen? And you can, you can do anything. You can be anything. God loves you. You've got to just look at your life a little bit differently. So how do you see trouble differently? I've been through trouble. And I've had a lot of trouble happen to me in my life. And I'm not going to give the whole story this morning because we won't get anywhere. But suffice it to say, one of my favorite verses in the Bible about ten years ago became this verse right here. Now, I've got lots of them. I've got lots of favorite scriptures because life keeps moving. But the Word of God is quick, it's alive, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides, it cuts asunder to the joints and, and the marrow in my body and in my bones. So no matter what I'm going through, the Word of God can help me. Amen? So this is some big help I got. You would do wise and well to memorize this verse. It's a good, it's a good thing or it's good for me that I've been afflicted. It's good for me that I've been afflicted. That I might learn your statutes. There's a different way to look at trouble. Oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Well, that's, one, that's how the natural man looks at it. And you live the rest of your life in a pit, whining and crying about what happened to you. I know it's bad. I know it hurts. I know it's crap. But you've got a life to live. Do you want to live your life or not? There's a different way to look at trouble. And I love that scripture. Now, here's how I rewrote it. Trouble's been good for me. Trouble, say that with me. Trouble's been good for me because it's caused me to pay attention to God's precepts. Say that with me. Trouble's been what? Why? Because it's caused me to what? Pay attention to God's precepts. Because I'm hard-headed as a day is long. But because of trouble, you know how it is, don't you? You're good, man. I'm good. I got it. I'm good. Life's going good. I got it. Even when it ain't so good, I got it. But man, when the stuff hits the fan, excuse me, I'm going to tell you right now, 
God can get your attention. I'm not saying God causes the bad things to happen in our life. Generally, He doesn't. It's just the world. This is where we live, and we're crazy people. But God can take that mess and turn it into a message. He can take the test and turn it into a, a testimony. Amen? And I'm, I'm just living proof of a crazy person from North Carolina that God saved. I'm no different than you. I'm no better than you. I'm not above you. I'm just like you. Amen? Bill's not better than you. We're the same. We're all screwed up. You might say, I can't believe he said I'm screwed up. Well, if I had enough time to spend with you, I bet you I could find something screwed up about you. I just think I could. Why, why fiddle with that? Why not just realize that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God? Is that the Scriptures? Sure it is. So it's through trouble, guys. This is powerful. It's through trouble that spiritual growth is activated and enhanced. Trouble. But now see, if Satan can get me to blame God, discouraged, whatever, blame myself, instead of receiving forgiveness and moving forward with my life, well, he pretty much got me, didn't he? But see, trouble's awesome. Trouble can enhance and activate my spiritual growth. Push me, buddy. The Bible says one of my favorite scriptures, James chapter 1. I'll do a whole uh, message series soon on the book of James. I'm just going to do it again. I love this book. Five chapters. I memorized it when I was a young man. Whole, all five chapters. Change your life. Hard hitting in the mouth. Wham. My favorite kind of stuff. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations or all kinds of trouble. Knowing this, the trying of your faith works what? Patience or endurance. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect. The words mature, complete, entire, wanting, nothing. Trouble can make you the man or the woman God wants you to be. And that's happened in my life. And it can happen in your life. Trouble, you can just see it differently if you want to. I do not want to spend my time with whiners. I'm not, I can't stand a, a ball team that whines when we coach. Cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. I mean, I get livid. I just want to punch them in the face. I don't, but I want to. Because I know whining has no, there's no gain there. We're not going to, oh, they're bigger than us. They're stronger than us, you know. And, and what's it going to do? It's going to defeat you. Well, that's what happens in life. I can't make it. I can't do it. It's just horrible. You don't understand what happened to me. Oh, just hush your mouth. You can make it. You can be a winner. You can be. You hear me or not. And who are you comparing yourself to? You might not be like Bob or Fred or Who gives a hoot? But with Jesus, all things are possible. I wear it on my arm. Jesus strong. Get one today. They're free. They're free. Jesus strong. Color of flesh. It's not about bragging. It's to know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm not a piece of garbage. You hear me or not? Trouble, seeing it differently. So, I like this. I rewrote it myself so I can make sense of it. Count it all joy when you fall into trouble. It's a great opportunity for you to see double. Say that with me. Count it all joy when you fall into... It's a great opportunity for you to see... One more time. Count it all joy when you fall into trouble. It's a great opportunity for you to see... There's another way at looking at life. I call it double vision. 
you can see it one way, the natural man sees it one way, but the spiritual man has another eyeball. And he can look at life differently. Or she can look at life differently. What a great thought. So, seeing trouble differently. Ray, we'll just make it as far as we can. I've only been up here for about seven minutes. It seems like all day, doesn't it? We have a choice. We have a choice. We have a choice. We can see the trouble or we can see what? I can see I was left. I'm alone. I've been abandoned. How am I going to make it? How's the church going to make it? It's too much. I can't take it. My children, what they're going through, I just can't do it, Lord. Poor me. Look at me. Look at me. Or I can say, I matter. Say that with me. I what? I matter to God. Say that with me. I matter to... Say, I have value. I have... You see? I'm love. Say that with me. I am what? I want you to think of one person right now, other than God, even though that's the biggie. I want you to think of one person right now in your mind that loves you. Just think of one. Just think of one. You might say, Pastor, I don't have anybody that loves me. I love you. You don't even know me. Listen. Listen. If I can spend any time with you, I guarantee you... I will love you. You are loved. You're not garbage. You matter to me. You're here not by accident in Inglewood, Florida. You're here at Fellowship Church not by accident. Thank you for being here today. You matter to me. You could be anywhere. You chose, You drove here. That's crazy to come listen to crazy me. Thank you. I love you back. See, I feel love, but I didn't feel love in my trouble. Yeah, praise the Lord. Come on. You matter. You matter. And most of us, when we think it through, there is somebody that loves us. I'm not saying like they're the craziest, they're going to, you know, going to give you everything. I don't know. But I mean, you're loved. Okay? You, you matter. We can see that God is good if we want to. We can see that God is faithful. We can see that God's working all things together for our good. If you want to see that, you can see that. Now, you don't understand. That's because you don't want to see. Just wind your way through life. Welcome to my pit. Welcome to my dungeon. Look how dark it is. Most people will run from that if you keep that up. Man, you got to, man, this is important. You can see trouble differently if you want to. Here's what you can see through trouble when you pay attention. Here's what you can see through trouble when you pay attention. Ray, I'm going to do my best just to read them and we'll build the case. Got it? We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 1. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Here's what you can see through trouble. You can see that God is merciful to me. If I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be here today. If Bill got what he deserved, he wouldn't be alive today. God is merciful. I should be going to hell, not heaven. I cursed God's name. I have sinned. Can you say that? And can you see His mercy? Instead of like, I can't believe this happened to me. Why don't you just see that, man, you still are breathing. You've got a chance. Better is a living dog than a dead lion. I love that scripture. You still, you might feel like a dead old dog, but you're still breathing. Look at this next thing. God is the source of all comfort. This is what you can see if you want to. God, you're picking on me. Or you can see, God, you love me. 
You gave your son for me. You fearfully and wonderfully made me. Hmm, I guess I am somebody. Keep building the case. Verse 4. Who comforts us in all our trouble or tribulation, that we can comfort others which are in any what? Trouble. That's what Bill wanted to do. Lord, let me do something. I want to pay back. I want to do something. By the comfort where we ourselves are comforted of God. He probably didn't even know at that time all this is in the Bible. God wants to use our mess and turn our life into a message. So what's the third thing we can do in trouble? We can see this. We can see God comforts us in all our trouble. So that I can do what? My preaching is different because of what happened to me about ten years ago in my family life. And probably some get tired of it. Tough. I'm sorry. That's what happened in my life. That is now the path that I'm on. I want to help people in trouble. I want to help people who are facing loss and hard times and feel like killing themselves. I want to build people up. You hear me or not? I want you to know you matter when you come here. If you'd go to my messages prior to 10 years ago, you wouldn't hear me ever saying, you matter, you have value. I never said that. Didn't mean I was a bad pastor. This situation just changed me. And therefore, now I'm able to comfort others who have gone through things like I've gone through. Does that make any sense or not? Number one thing people say to me, Clark, you're relatable. They should be able to say that about you. But we just dress it up. We come on Sunday morning. We're plastic as the day is long. And we wonder why people don't relate to me. Because people just generally don't like a lot of plastic. Plastic straws are not our problem. Plastic people are. I'm going to be famous, I'm telling you. It's going to happen one day. I'm more concerned about you than I am the turtles. And I love turtles. But I'm more concerned about you. You matter to me. And trouble helps us see that. We can comfort other people. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. Help me, buddy. Push. The more we suffer trouble, the more God showers us with His comfort. You can see that if you want to. Or you can see it this way. Oh, my gosh. I'm in trouble again. One more thing. Now the car won't crank. Well, maybe it's because it doesn't have gas. Or maybe you, you had not been changing the oil. Maybe it's just time. It's about to quit. God's not picking on you. You just happen to live on planet Earth where stuff happens. You can look at it as an opportunity to get another car. Or look at an opportunity to, to you know, somebody's going to probably help you. Some, I'm going to figure it out because God's not going to leave me. He's never forsaken me and he ain't going to start today. Just a different way to look at life. Whether we be afflicted is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual and during the same sufferings, which we also suffer, whether we be comforted, it's for your consolation and salvation. So when we're weighed down with trouble, it's for others' comfort and salvation. Can you imagine how much your life and all your problems matter now? You mean Rockingham? I'm from Rockingham. Grew up the son of a drunk. If you had asked me when I was 15, 16 years old, I wouldn't even have told you that because I was ashamed of it. Now I'm not ashamed of it. I'm glad I was raised by a drunk woman. 
Because I got to see the mercy of God in my life. I got to see salvation come to my house. Don't feel sorry for me because my mama was Ann Clark, the waitress who worked hard during the day and who drank her way all through the evening, shacked up with men. It taught me that I don't want to live like that. I don't drink, by the way. Period. Doesn't make me better than you. It's a choice I made because I saw some crap in my life as I grew up. And I'm just not going to do it, okay? It taught me to be a faithful husband. A faithful husband. Even when I was being cheated on, I remained faithful. Don't canonize me and make me some great fella. Trouble taught me that. Did you hear me or not? I don't want to repeat life like that. That's the beauty of trouble. Y'all hear me or not? It can be comfort. It can be salvation. That's a good message, isn't it? I love this stuff. Celebrate recovery, and Bill was different than me. He's more gentle than I am. I'm a, I tend to be a screamer. Isn't it nice that God can use us all? Say, praise the Lord, man. Keep looking. When we're comforted, we will certainly be better able to comfort other people. And they will be better able to endure their what? I'm going to just be bold. How many has received comfort in some way because of me being vulnerable and telling you my story in life? Let me see some hands. See, that makes my life worth it. People can't believe it. People will come here sometime because I've been divorced. I have been divorced. Why? Because someone left me. And there's certain people in this town that won't even come and hear me preach because I'm a divorced preacher. You know what I think? I think they're pathetic. That's the world we live in. We're crazy people. Yes or no? I love the fact that somebody's been through mess and can still stay steady. That's who I want to be in life. Amen. I'm not trying to put myself up. I'm just trying to say... I thought I couldn't even preach anymore after that. What a waste that would have been of my life. I wouldn't have been able to have the platform that I have here, radio, online, to be able to tell people you're not a piece of garbage. You matter. You have value. God loves you. Quit trying to get your love from one person. Get your love from God. Share your life with a with man or woman that you love, but don't make them your life. Yes or no? Come on. So I can do this. Our hope is of you is steadfast, knowing that as you're partakers of the suffering, so shall you also be of the consolation. As we share trouble together, we'll also share God's comfort together. We just did that as I spoke like that. Very few pastors, and you just check it out, could speak about the pain in their life like I do. But it, it is what it is. I've chosen to do it, guys. You hear me or not? Thank you for listening to me and receiving me. I appreciate it. We all need help, don't we? Say. Keep looking. We're pushing. We're just going through 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For we're not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. Trouble, trouble, which came to us in Asia. Paul writing that we were pressed out of measure, above our strength, insomuch we despaired even of our life. Something else I've learned in trouble... We should not hide our trouble. We should not hide our trouble. There are churches that teach you, don't tell people about your trouble, your drugs, your alcohol, your past, because you're, you're giving credit to the devil. 
You ever heard something like that? You're bragging about the devil. I'm bragging on God. He saved my sorry tale. He helped me in my life. So if you don't want to hear it, go on somewhere else. God's good to me. That's crazy. Some of the stuff we've been taught is nuts. Don't hide your trouble. Did Paul hide his trouble? We're pressed. You know what that word means? Crushed. How many have ever been crushed in this room? Crushed. Don't hide it. Keep looking. Another word. Pop it up. Out of measure, the word means what? Overwhelmed. How many been overwhelmed? Oh my God! See? There's a whole lot of people overwhelmed. Why do people not come to church? Because we're plastic. They don't see that we've been crushed. They don't see that we're overwhelmed. They don't see that they can make it because they're not seeing us making it. They're just seeing us as just people, neighbors. There's, I'll pick up my mail. Hello. The yard's perfect. The car's perfect. The marriage looks perfect. Almost every marriage has problems. Why not live your life? Above strength, he says. Beyond our what? How many face something you thought, this is beyond my ability? I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. Wow. i got to quit. I'm long. We despaired even of our life. We thought we wouldn't live through it. Look at it. We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, etc., and so much that we what? We despaired of our what? How many thought you wouldn't live through your trouble? I just wouldn't live through it. I couldn't. I can't live through it. I wanted to take my own life. It would have been easier for me, I thought, to live. I mean, to take my life than to face what I had to face. Getting up before a congregation, talking about my problems. Seeing my children struggle. I didn't want to see them struggle. I didn't want to see any more tears. Seeing a building that just had the footers. The footers were poured here. I can't do this. But God said, I love you, Gary. I am with you, Gary. You matter to me, Gary. You fill in your name right there. You hear me or what? Oh, man. And God changed my life. There's a different way to look at trouble. You hear me? And I don't have it down pat. I still whine. I still get in trouble sometimes. But boy, I'm so much better than I used to be. How many would say that? I ain't perfect, but I'm better than I used to be. I'm better than I used to be. I'm better than I used to be. (laughs) Wow. I'm spitting all over the stage. We've seen, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. Paul was so low, he said we had the sentence of death in us. I was just a walking dead man. I didn't think I could make it at all. We expected to die, and because of that, we learned to stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely on God. That's the beauty of trouble. When you got the cat by the tail, you got the cat by the tail. When you got the cat by the tail no more, you ain't got the cat by the tail no more. And you stop relying on you and relying on the Lord. That's the beauty of trouble. Because he's the only one that can do what? How many would say, Pastor, I have not been raised from the dead. I understand that. 
But if you would have known the trouble I've gone through in my life and the struggle and the pain and the hurt and the despair, I can say that spiritually God raised me from the dead. How many would say that with me? I'm one of them. I'm raised from the dead. I'm raised from the dead. That's a beautiful thing. Trouble. i got to quit, Ray. We're done. Has been good for me because it calls me to learn God's precepts. The greatest precept you'll ever learn is that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest precept you'll ever learn is I matter to God. Though I was a sinner, Christ died for my sins according to the scriptures yes or no and was raised the what day third day according to the what so I guess I'm not a piece of garbage after all amen or oh me let's thank the Lord for his word boom we're done come on amen I loved it come on let's get up let's get up amen praise the Lord Thank you, Bill. Bill's going to tag team with me next hour, Thursday night, celebrate recovery. Why don't y'all go ahead and scoot on out, guys? Would y'all go ahead and scoot on out to that table back there? Y'all go ahead and make your way. Now, the rest of you don't leave. Come on. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day, a day you made. Thank you for trouble. Thank you for trouble. Thank you for trouble. Lord, I'm not a fool to say trouble don't hurt me. But, Lord, I am grateful that any trouble I've ever had, you've always been there. You've always been there. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord, for trying to hide my trouble, trying to do it on my own, lie that I ain't got no trouble. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Even though I was a Pharisee and a hypocrite through my trouble. Thank you for never giving up on me. I know many times, Lord, you shook your head at me. Wanted to help me. But I thought, I, you too, you, you got other people you can work on. People worse off than me, Lord. I got me, I'm good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for humbling me. Thank you, Lord, for humbling me. Lord, thank you for just making me naked and open so I couldn't, I couldn't hide my pain no more. I give you credit, Lord. Thank you for never leaving or forsaking me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Before we leave, I'd hate for you to leave lost. But you will leave lost if you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ. You must put your faith in Jesus Christ. Just as all the songs today were about Jesus, power in the blood. There is no salvation in any other name other than Jesus. It doesn't matter what people have said. Just like trouble, people try to get around other ways instead of facing it head on. You need to face it head on. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody's going to come to the Father 
but by him. Would you humble yourself today? Let me pray with you, can I, Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. And Lord, I admit that I'm wrong.